You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we talk about Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. What the fuck was that? Why do you gotta, why do you gotta be like that about it? <laughs> you no trouble. Me, You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. All your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor, real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years in darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am. I don't know. I watch Taxi Driver. I don't know how I am. <laughs> we also have with us director of photography Mike Griggs. Oh, I'm there with you, Brian. I don't. I also don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, right now. Is this a dirty they, movie? Are, no. What? Why would you take me to a dirty movie? That seems wrong. Yeah, I know. Do other it- couples go here? We also have our costume designer, Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. How many dirty movies have uh, you been out to at a theater? In the cinema? <laughs> yeah, so in the cinema. Is that illegal now? I don't know. Wait, is, is it? Is it? Wait, is are, it? Clearly it's are, not. You guys are porno films illegal? <laughs> no, just the porno cinema. In the cinemas. cinema. <laughs> in the cinema. I've, I've never been to a, uh, a porn film in the cinema. Yeah, because I don't think they exist anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, they should be illegal. It's like super weird. Like just all the guys walk getting up uh, when the movie's over with boners and just oh, all the stickiness bro, if on you, the if seats. If, you, if you've made it throughout the entire film, you don't have a boner anymore. <laughs> At a certain point, you're just sitting there like ashamed of yourself. Uh, really? Do you think so? Yeah, it's like an instant. It's like do, an instant. Do you think like the regret. people that go to like fuck, that walk out in the middle of the day of a porn theater, like with all the people standing around looking at them, you think they feel shame and regret? Yeah, of course, man. Because you know you have to decide: Am I going to eat all these concessions now, or do oh I like jerk off and then eat them, or is there like a midsection where I'm be having my popcorn? Do you uh, eat the popcorn and then use that box? What's well, a feature length film? Oh, you got to take it's, a break. It's, it's extra salty, uh, but um, I don't <laughs> why, know. Just co- why, concession, why concessions at a, and it's weird how that theater was designed because you have to when you walk into your seat, everybody everybody looks at sees you. you. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> so it's just like it's instant walk of shame to your seat. It's so not leaving. Weird. 
It's walking to it. Wait, you can't feel shame when everyone's there to do the same fucking shit you are. Like no, just to watch you... the movie. You know, come on. I don't, like th- I don't think you know how guys. shame works. Yeah. This is a community. Why are the chairs not set fine. in a circular fashion? Right? right. Like if we're all gonna be here, we might as well all enjoy it. Exactly. Like, oh, weird. So you make it's it's like it's like theater in the round. It's like a triangle <laughs> of screens in the middle. Uh, no, or it's, I don't want that. Yeah. Then it feels like a competition. <laughs> Yeah, then I have to stare people in the <laughs> eyes while I'm doing my thing. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Is going first the, a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Then we would have a walk of shame chair. <laughs> oh, my God. Only RC Cola at that theater, though. Interesting. Well, they had orange. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they did. They had three. Cho- they had three choices. It was like orange, RC, and some other shit. I forget what it was. Was it lime or sprite or something yeah. like that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> lime. <Good. laughs> Ter- terrible pour. She would not fill that glass up. I mean, like, come on, man. Spending two bucks here. Whatever, dude. He got like a fucking goddamn movie theater feast for two dollars. Yeah, insanity. Yeah, $2. which in in current day would be like eight and a half bucks. So it's still a pretty good deal. It's good, damn good deal. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about taxi driver. <laughs> I don't know. Like all things considered, this feels like an appropriate way to start this movie. Like, I couldn't sleep. I was, well, you know, I went to the porn theater. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I've tried that. That was like his fourth line or some shit like that. Like they established pretty early on his his struggles, which I've always wondered. Like I don't know, the movie doesn't really allude to the fact that he's suffering from PTSD. For like it's pretty obvious. But I mean, is he? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is, does is it, he? Does is he, it though? need to allude to the fact that, like, he says he's in the he was in the Marines with an honorable it's, discharge? Yeah. As soon as as soon as you realize he served in the Vietnam War, you're like, oh, okay, I, yeah. I understand. Oh shit! Because <laughs> there's two kinds of people: those who protested the Vietnam War, those who left the Vietnam War, and those who went to Canada. I think that was three. That's the point. Oh, because they're not people. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Have you guys seen this before? Is this your, your first watch of The Taxi Driver? I've seen it before. This was my second and third viewing, yes. Oh, wow. Good for you, Jared. I, I, when I was in film school, a uh, local uh, indie art house theater ran uh, Taxi Driver, an original print. Mm. Uh, so I went and saw a very scratchy uh, original print for I my first it time. Would be very scratchy yes. before the restoration. Was it very yellow too? Uh, I don't really remember it, uh, but I remember. I remember watching it, and I remember going, "What the fuck!" Uh, but also, you know, just the novelty of it actually also being on film. This was my second viewing. First time was about five years ago now, which took me two days to get through it. And really? It was yeah. yeah. Well, your first time or this time? The first time. Hmm. No, this time I kind of forced myself to watch it all in one sitting, just to, <laughs> just to feel it. And goddamn, it was not. It was not easier. It's not better. It is so fucking slow in the middle half, man. Like, all of Act 2. Like, I understand the need to establish how lonely he is and how terrible at relating to other humans he is. But fuck. I just, I'm just like, can we do literally anything in this movie, please? I, I felt that when I was watching it the first go around this week. But when I watched it on the second time, I think I enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I did notice those those pause those long moments. Well, hell, like, even like at the ending before we realize what the fuck's going on, man. They just drag this out like this yeah. very long, like just sitting on these shots. But I mean, that's that's how he's building tone. You know, he's 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 letting the awkward moments live. Well, I really enjoyed that even when he is 
associating with human beings there's something there's some sort of barrier it's like he's talking to them through the mirror or through a door or you know he's watching betsy through the door um he's not he really doesn't have very much interaction with anybody in this film at all yeah i mean even when he does there's a you know there's something there okay sorry before we get into the psychosis of the main character do you guys feel like the movie was too long no i don't i don't i don't know think this movie is long at all I, I definitely don't find it boring if anything, I I find it that I find it disturbing how fucking entertaining and mm. enjoyable it is, and then also mm. just the That's environment. Okay, like everything outside the window, it's always wet. Even if even if it's not yeah. fucking raining, it's like wet. And then like you get through halfway the movie, and you're like, is this water or some is this some of this sweat? Or maybe that's the whole fucking point. Maybe it's just water and sweat. Who the fuck knows, man? This whole city is like. Urban decay. It, it it this is almost New York from uh, John Carpenter's uh, Escape from New York. It, it's just mm-hmm. whores, pimps, and just like uh, just people degenerates yelling. everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. The guy just running down the street. Like who the fuck is that dude? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's just it's everywhere. Like, He's even, atmosphere. Yeah, even the neon in this movie looks like it's sick. It's not yeah, bright. There's a it's lot cool, of though. green like lights. A lot of green lights. My God. I don't know. This is one of these movies that, like, when it's over, you you are wearing it. You you just feel yeah. the dirt yeah. on you. And it's just like, man, I kind of need to take a shower after that movie. That was gross. That whole movie was gross. You know, and, and they didn't have the, the money to actually be able to light all these scenes and everything. So they used, like, really fast film. And, and uh, they actually used... Um, uh, super speeds wide open, but they're Mark ones, and they have this really interesting three b- three blade iris. So all the bokeh, like all the little circles of confusion, are actually triangles. Hmm. It's very interesting. It's very unique feeling. But it also, the film is because they're shooting at such like uh, high ISO, uh, wide open. Uh, it just feels real grainy and and, and like underexposed mm-hmm. at times, and it, it yeah. makes it that that makes it feel gritty and real, you know, because it, it it is real locations and. Gritty so is a good the, word for it. It for sure. just really like fits the tone. So the the low budgy way they shot it really like helps the the grime and the grit. Yeah, he's he's I don't know if Scorsese meant to or not, but he's making the urban version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was like mm. what two years before this. So I mean, it's I don't know it it, it feels that <laughs> it's it's just like everything about it it screams low budget and it it helps the film with the exception of the sound the yeah. sound the sound just screams low budget. <laughs> yeah, there's some yeah. bad. There's some bad sound yeah. in this. It, like it definitely. Uh, but most most of it's pretty solid. But man, there there's definitely some bad moments. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's bad sound that's been cleaned up in the the several restorations or whatever that this movie has gone through, or if it was just like no, this is the intention of it. But the the scene that comes to mind is is when he takes um, the bald dude out of the the diner and he talks to him under the red light. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, okay. <clears throat> And it just like, like you hear all of the traffic behind them, and like their dialogue is kind of hard to decipher through yeah. all the background noise. And it, I, I was sitting there wondering, like, man, like they could have ADR this, but maybe they were just like, no, it feels so real, and you can still hear it enough. So who cares? It is real, but it's the barrier again. Even when he's interacting with people, he's not. And so, it, yeah, you know, standing on the streets of New York. 
that that's going to be really loud and so we as an mm. audience aren't going to hear him we're just the, we're going to hear what's actually what he's actually hearing which is the cars going by and, and all of the you know whatever whatever's happening the sirens the helicopters whatever um yeah. and, and it's just creating another barrier between a, what should be an a connection because it does lend itself to his miscommunication with the guy trying to like speak sort of poetically about like yeah the universe sucks but you can still sometimes like do things in it and he's just like the universe sucks yeah okay yeah like wait what you didn't get anything from that conversation. yeah yeah he, he doesn't he doesn't absorb any of it no yeah, yeah. well Never. neither one of them know what the fuck the other one's talking about it doesn't yeah. make any sense when you, when you listen to what they're saying you're like what the fuck is this conversation about what the fuck is happening yeah no it, it, yeah well that, i don't know travis bickle's fucking question to him is just like a bunch of like half fucking finished sentences yeah he, he realizes it's like I, I can't really say what i want to say uh because you're gonna judge me so he, he's kind of like i don't know just showing his psychosis there and Kristen, uh, th- that was a very elegant way for excusing bad sound but that sound was still shit thank you <laughs> yeah well still <laughs> i don't think uh, scorsese intended that but uh well, we'll give no, it to no, him no. anyway what probably happened is they were like, wow, this sounds shit. And somebody like me was going, you know, actually, this works. And they were like, great, let's go with it. That's probably yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. It's for art. Sure. Yeah. Fast forward 40 years and we have other directors being like, no, the movie's supposed to sound like that. Fuck <laughs> off, Nolan. Come on. No, I'm sure it was an accident, but I think it works really well. No, Mike, you got to go see the Christopher Nolan movies like five times so you can hear the dialogue. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. That's yeah. what he's intending. So we'll sell more tickets this way because no one will understand what the hell's going on. Fuck him and sure. works, too. God damn sure. it. <laughs> I know. That's the worst part. Like, God damn it. Fuck you. <sighs> I leaned in farther to know what's going on. I hate myself for it. No, I find it interesting, Brian, that you described it as like wearing this movie after you finish watching it because that was why I struggled to watch it the first time and why I had to take it in two sittings in order to get through it. And this time around, I was like, this whole week, honestly, I was dreading watching this movie because I remember how it made me feel the first time watching it. And I was like, God damn it. Like, I don't want to be sad for the next like three days straight. Like, I'm, I need to like watch it and then talk about it immediately. <laughs> You guys so I watched it this afternoon. Looking at it wrong because when I watched this movie, and yes, I did put it off because it's hard to get through. Uh, but as soon as I am done, or even if I just pause it and walk away, I'm like, wow, my life is so great. <laughs> Look how beautiful my house is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, his apartment is a shithole. Yeah, Fuck. there's there's nothing wrong anymore after I watch this movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm great. <laughs> Travis Bickle, get a dog. No, but his apartment. Um, He's got nothing better to spend his money on. Oh, my God. His apartment looks fantastic. The, whoever, whoever dressed that did a great job. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. It's such a shithole, goddamn! It's so nasty. <laughs> it's so bad. No, you look yeah, at it and you're yeah. like, "Wait, is that where? That's that how we're living? Wait a minute." <laughs> well, I like, feel like I feel like we don't even approach this level of like disgustingness anymore. Like now, like there's just like you know a couple of of you know uh, you know a couple of things misplaced in movies now. But like they really went in on this. They were, I'm sure they started. They found like some abandoned, maybe not some you know nasty apartment to dress um it it works so well we 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 don't really do we hardly do that anymore like when i see like 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 stuff that's that's supposed to be poverty stricken or whatever you know downtrodden i'm like yeah yeah it could be worse 
Yeah, oh, there's nothing on the walls. Cool, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, you have no money. That's fine. This is like another level. This was great. This was fantastic. <laughs> All right, movie trivia time, Brian. What, were any of these sh- scenes shot on actual like studio sets, or was everything on location? No, uh, some of this was uh, shot in uh, sets in L.A. Okay. Yeah, it would have somebody... to be, especially that last stuff, right, with the crane going through the... That yeah yeah that's that so his apartment and then the final shootout scene with with her little whore den rented room thing those the are the brothel. two yeah, the, oh thank you that's the word I like <laughs> whore den better whore, whore den there we go in the seventies they were called whore dens <laughs> <laughs> makes me think of them like they're lions yeah yeah lion around apparently pretty pretty cheaply too. Well, I don't know, you know, all those Let's snacks see. was two dollars, you know, fifteen dollars for fifteen minutes. I don't know, that didn't seem so bad. I don't know because I looked it up. Fifteen dollars uh, for fifteen minutes would be eighty dollars today. So eighty dollars for fifteen minutes uh, is a little. I don't know. I thought I was like, huh. girl, you're doing that. Seems that seems low. I, I looked up for fifteen minutes. Well, I looked I up. I bet 30... you can go get a hooker for fifteen dollars for fifteen minutes right Ooh. now. <laughs> you think so? I, I looked yeah. up thirty-five dollars because he paid ten dollars to pay for the room, and if it was twenty-five dollars for the half hour or whatever, and the thing that I found said it was two hundred bucks, and I was like, okay, well that at least yeah, the not, room. It's not terrible. I looked up the room too, but I don't remember what it is offhand. He said ten dollars for the room. No, but I mean I don't remember what it. Oh yeah, equates to. But yeah, uh, one it, way or another, yeah, no, she's because it she's sounds kidding. really cheap to us. But th- that's why I looked it up because I was like, "How much actually is this? Like, does this translate to twenty dollars?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, also when the when the pimp threw the the crinkled twenty in the window at him to drive away, I was like, "All right, well, if if he paid twenty dollars to just make him forget about the fare, and then later it cost twenty five dollars to spend a half an hour with the girl, like." It's got to be at least moderately worth something, maybe. I don't know. Her. I did think it was a really nice touch that he pulled out that same crinkle twenty dollar bill, and this the fact yours. that it was recognizable. Yeah, was uh, that was that was solid. Yeah, that was cool. What'd you guys think of Jodie Foster? I thought she was great. Nominated for uh, what? I guess supporting actress had to be supporting actress, right? Yeah, supporting actress at the Oscars. Twelve and then thirteen during the Oscars. That's a pretty That's impressive. Oh, I think she was uh, she was actually fourteen. Was her, her her age at the time? I don't know. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, she was playing at t- twelve and a half. Everything I read said that she was actually twelve when she recorded this. What? Really? When she shot this? By everything I read, I mean IMDb's trivia page, which is oh, way too long. Yeah, I wouldn't way take too that. few things. <laughs> I, think, I think she was fourteen. Yeah, I think she, I, I think she's a little older than twelve. Because she had already starred uh, starred uh, for Martin Scorsese in uh, what's that Ellen Burstein movie? Um, Dallas doesn't live here anymore. She was in that in kind of a smaller part. I thought she was good in, in most of it. There was a few parts where it felt like she was trying really hard. And there was mo- most of her dialogue. I was tr- struggling to hear her as like a child and not just hear her hear like her... normal voice that yeah, I heard crazy, for forever. Right? Yeah, that was yeah. blowing me away. I was like, yeah. she sounds like she does now. Still. You know? I was like, this is, this is wild. Yeah. Yeah. I was hearing the mom version of her from fucking Fincher's <laughs> panic room while she's like a 12-year-old prostitute. And I was like, this is not making sense. This is brain. breaking my brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. I, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons the movie has like stood up over the, you know, over the years withstood the test of time, if you want to say. Um, 
you know, like Jodie Foster's gone on and she's had this great career, almost become like a little bit of uh, kind of a, a hot mom sex symbol herself just a little bit. I wouldn't say she's like a, a you know, that's not how she's billed. But having her on screen in movies like Panic Room and then going back and rewatching this and she's 12 makes you feel even more perverted. Yeah. Having all that yeah. screen history after this, and then you go back and watch this movie, and you're like, oh, God, that's right. Oh, yeah, she's going to grow up to be a hottie, but this is so wrong. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so glad I don't have this problem. Mm. <laughs> you're not lesbian enough for nah, come Joey on. Foster's lesbian. <laughs> you know you have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> she is super cute in this, especially because they put her in, she's a hooker, so they have put her in like very revealing outfits. And it's horrible because you're sitting there, and maybe you guys don't have this problem, but you're like, oh, that's actually a good outfit. I like that outfit. Um, but also, really? she's like you a like that hooker. <laughs> that hat they put her in is horrible. No, that, okay, I, I those that white hat. pants, she's walking away, and I'm just like, no, no. She's oh, cold. stop it. Stop it, guys. Stop it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the point, though. That's exactly it is the, the point. point. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. they are making her look older. She's acting older, and yep. yeah, the, I think that's the point. Is that you are supposed to be attracted to her? That's part of the scumminess of this movie. Yeah. Well, it's very effective. I love the 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 wig with the curls and stuff. When when he first, not when he first, when he meets her in the brothel, like compared to the next scene when they're at the diner wig. together. Well, okay, well, she's got massively curly hair. No, they're just flipping it down up to her. Sh- no, it's no, long it's and down to her hair. shoulders. It's down to her shoulders. And then the next scene, she's got that short hair, and it's like really just straight. There's not straight. nearly enough hair there to be the curls that she had in the in the scene before. That scene hmm. inspired Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Oh, really? No I was about to say, <laughs> fuck, really? She she leaned the fucking like taxi driver. She's like, you know what? The epitome. If Jody can do it, I can do it. <laughs> it's fucking you Iris. You go, girl. <laughs> but yes, I do like the the next scene, the the breakfast scene where she. That's when she's like her most childlike. I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you're like, oh yeah, she is a little girl <laughs> with her kid. with her little gap teeth. I was yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> she looks so young in that. It's crazy. Man. I love how she has two different pairs of sunglasses, and they're both like, blue. No, no, no. She's the one is green. Oh, it was green. And then she puts on oh, one that's blue. And, blue. That's and right. it was literally only because they changed colors. I was like, "Hang on, how many sunglasses do you have?" What? She probably has a lot. Yeah, <laughs> got to keep up the look. She's still a teenage girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, Not even. even yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn. And to be. Oh, that's what makes it worse. <laughs> Wait, what? You don't want to make it? <laughs> make it? What a weird way! And that—that that was just like just also just saying make it like it was also just odd and like sure. was it was that, super I'm creepy because sure I was a little kid time. though. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. it's like yeah. I don't know. Like I don't, I can't say sex. I don't want to say sex. It's a grown-up word. I say make it. Make yeah. it. Like oh, it's just like yeah. oh yeah. It's so sweet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no. But the fact that she's a prostitute <laughs> makes it creepy. Or, oh, it's so nasty. <laughs> but I always forget by the time the the movie's getting ready to wrap up, it's like how how young she is. And then when, when the movie ends, you get the fucking letter with the dad reading, oh. and you're like, "Yeah, she's God back damn. in school." And then it just it, I, at that moment, when you hear that VO, it just clicks in my brain every time. It's just like, "Oh yeah, that's right. She's in grade school. She hasn't even made yeah. it to fucking high school yet. She's still in fucking middle school. It's ridiculous." And the brokenness of the way that the father, you know, the VO there is. is yeah, it's odd. That felt awkward to me. Oh, that's how it it's all awkward. done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, and part of the awkwardness is that she is this child hooker and 
you are like you want nothing more than for her to have a proper life and a proper childhood but she tells you in that scene she hates her parents she doesn't want to go there this is a better life for her and so then at the end her dad is like no we've got her she's good now and you're like wait a minute <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Like, what, like I don't know. think she true. should have stayed there, but hold on. What's happening? What's happening here? Uh, and you don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, not well, in this you, movie. It, it plays like like you know everything's going to be hunky dory or whatever. But like she's got to be traumatized because she just saw all these people get murdered right in front of her that yeah. she has been you know like she's with or whatever she was like don't shoot him you Screaming, know like don't well, shoot yeah. him fuck yeah so she's traumatized from the shooting she's traumatized from being a prostitute and she's clearly traumatized from whatever happened to her before that because it yeah. made her run away to be a prostitute <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so so the fact that the dad writes Ugh. this nice letter and the fact that travis is like yeah i'm a hero like this is very unsettling what if what if what if I don't. I guess you, it's not. It's not a real letter. It's all in yeah, Travis's yeah, head. Yeah, it's got it yeah, because because of the because they, the, um, it, you you kind of brought this up with the parallel between the his journaling and the letter. Like it's a very very broken, very rudimentary type of writing. Yeah, it could mm. it could be it could be yeah. Yeah, but the newspaper articles kind of grounded oh, in possible that's reality. True. That's yeah. the only thing. That's well, I think me up I on did that. see uh, uh, an interview that said all of the end is not. Uh, in his head like the all of the end uh, including betsy and the cab is real now hmm. how much of that you know lends meaning to it like that's a different question but yeah i love that scene with with betsy and the cab i like that it's played through mirrors and mm-hmm. and then especially like uh when as he drives away the pan in the car uh that there's a lot of really cool camera stuff in this which is with like them just getting coverage from inside the vehicle with like these like there was one like where the girls are crossing the street like the little prostitute girls are crossing the street and it's like a weird like dolly in a car with a pan there's lots of really neat voyeuristic panning going on yeah there is and then the obviously that shot of the rearview mirror at the end is is sexy and cool. well, the Sybil Shepherd looks great in that shot yeah I love the shot at the end but what I really like at the end also in case you weren't sure whether or not this is real or not is the way his eyes flash and you realize he's not better he hasn't changed everything is still very fucking yeah it's like the opening head. shot it's right. it's the it's the it's it's the bookend and even if you watch through the credits when when, when you're just looking at there you'll get another flash of his eyes uh, toward the end of the credit sequence still red hmm I never thought he was ever okay once. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. okay. No, but it gives you like a hat. Like, a, there's like a no, no, not that. Dear God, I hope no one. But like, it gives you the movie tries to have you like a kind of a happy ending where, oh, like Jodie Foster's back no, at home and it, he's it, a hero. And look, he's, he's the only idiots would and, even think of that. You no, know. It, it, it's like it's the same ending <laughs> as uh, Clockwork Orange, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, you're a hero, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic twist of fate there. Well, I think that honestly, that's part of my biggest struggle of, w- with this movie is that I have literally known people that have looked at this character and been like, that's a person to look up to. Like, bro, do you not? Uh, did you watch the movie? Like, you realize this is Martin Scorsese saying this is the logical conclusion of fucking quote unquote masculinity. This is what toxic masculinity toxic, to- will not do. Masculinity, but toxic. Yes. Okay. And this is this is where toxic masculinity takes you, where you have to be the fucking savior. You have to be the one that's like fixing things, and you're you're well, isolated. I, you're. I think ugh. this is actually a really important. Uh, to bring this to the conversation of toxic masculinity, it's, this is a really kind of 
um, foreshadowing, I guess, when you look at the rise of the men, especially in this country, I guess I only only read articles about this country, but the men in this country <laughs> who are lonely, who do not really work, or if they do, they don't have a good job. They don't really go out and meet people. They don't really have any connections. And um, the rise of these lonely men is actually very dangerous because mm-hmm. as this movie shows, uh, it leads to violence. That is the outcome. If it goes on for too long, there are other steps in between as this movie again shows um mm-hmm. and i just and i thought that was super interesting i feel like we have not made any progress on that front no if anything it's gotten worse yeah but this was not like a scorsese going out and like uh i don't know like scorsese if you go back and read his interviews him and paul schrader they do not talk about travis bickle like he is the devil they don't talk he's not they, I mean, they don't even really talk about him like they they identify with this man. All right. And it's 1976, right? We're not that far after uh, the Vietnam War, right? We've had uh, Watergate, all right? We've had the gas shortage. Yeah. There are a lot of things that have happened in society at that time that caused a lot of people to be d- disenfranchised with the government, right? Uh, feel like uh, their voices aren't being heard. They don't have a lot of money. Even, even these directors are like, you know, like it's just like everything. Everything is bad. We're fed up with all of it. And it's just undirection, un, I guess, undirectional rage. It's just it's not pointed at mm-hmm. at anyone. Whereas in uh, I think was it Scorsese was talking about like you know like if if this had been like in the fifties or later or another country, uh, Travis Bickle would have committed suicide. He would have killed himself. But in the United mm-hmm. States, that's not what we do. We don't direct our anger in in toward ourselves and like God, I'm a piece of shit. We direct it out toward other people and cause violence. Yeah. So I, oh, you're talking about on the front end. Before he even acted on anything, he would have committed suicide. Yeah. Is that, is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of him like well, acting out to other people, he would have done that to himself. I agree with right. everything you said, and I want to add on to it because I saw um, maybe the same article, some interview, some, maybe it was the same one, but it was saying that the other thing that you have all of that, but but America is particularly lonely and everyone here is particularly isolated and... Uh, other countries don't really have that. They have communities, they have families, they yeah. have neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yes, looking at all of what happens when you have everything going wrong and how does that play out? And yes, perhaps this is uniquely American. I'm not, I don't, I don't know if we can make that claim, but perhaps, but this is what, what would happens in this country, especially to men. Yeah. I, I think it's a really interesting movie and something that shouldn't necessarily be, ignored because he's not evil he's not evil i don't think he's evil i think he has a lot of issues and does not know how to get help for them and no one is willing to help and and it's just a progression and i'm not excusing anything when i was saying evil i meant more like he's the villain in oh, the movie, well, yeah. not well, what do they call it? The anti-hero, person. anti-hero, the yeah. anti-hero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't think that you can even classify him as an anti-hero. The only reason he's a he's a hero is because it's an accident. You know, he he's just he's he's the villain. He's well, the, the anti-hero meaning the movie. no, he's so well the anti-hero. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't know exactly how it's defined, but I'm defining it as. Um, like he's, the, an he's, right? he's the main character, but he's not someone you should be rooting for <laughs> because he causes all these bad things to happen. So he's not the hero of the movie. He's the anti-hero of the movie. You, uh... No, no, no. I was like, okay. No. So an anti-hero is a character that is being forced 
to display their altruism, right? So, like, oh, okay. they still have to do good. Otherwise, the hero doesn't fit and you're just a villain, you know? Tra- Travis Bickle is doing this by mistake. The, it, like, he is literally trying to kill a senator, and when that fucks up, he goes and kills... What was the way Paul Schrader put it in a, f- a fucking interview? And I was like, oh, my God, that's so fucking brilliant. Oh, uh, when he can't kill uh, one woman's uh, father figure, he goes and kills the other woman's father figure. And I was just Whoa. like, oh, shit, that's so fucking brilliant, bro. <laughs> like that all snaps into fucking place for me. Because and that's one of the other interesting things about this movie is that even though he has these relationships with these women, he doesn't actually, he doesn't see them as people. He sees them as Mm. objects that he wants or he wants to save, but he wants to save them so he can also have them. And yes, and so he cannot, they don't want him. (laughs) They go to other men and they're like, yo, this guy's, he's like staring at me or like, excuse me, can you, uh, like there's a scene where he's like watching Jodie Foster and she like takes the arm of some man for protection. Like, and, and so he sees this and he goes, well, I have to like kill those men so that I can I can be the man that they turn to because if I kill everybody then I have to get a woman right and the other interesting thing that I I, I thought that the movie did a really good job of is again his lack of seeing women as people and uh, sort of sort of breaking everything down into the goddess horror complex with Betsy being the the goddess mm. and she's dressed in white she's the angel like you have the the hair movement like she's just like this beautiful creature that he puts on a pedestal and obviously Jodie Foster is the whore in this dichotomy and the way he relates to both of them horribly uh, and the way he doesn't see them I, I thought you every the horribly. way that they Horribly. <laughs> um, I thought it was. I I enjoyed a lot of this. I mean, I thought it was. I thought they did a really great job in all of this, in portraying this on screen, at least. Even if it does make you think about suicide yourself, it's depressing, Brian. But it's not that depressing. Don't make no difference to me. What? He just keeps saying stuff like you, that. You talking like, to me? I, I, wait, you talking to me? <laughs> oh, sorry. Wait, there's no, there's she, no one else here. There's guys. no one else here. and to spare everybody us all repeating that line five or six more times we're gonna take a break we're gonna play the trailer for martin scorsese's uh taxi driver we'll be right back de niro in bang the drum slowly the critics called him a brilliant new talent after mean streets they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two, they gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a Come terrifying on. portrait of life on the edge of madness. Tabby, just forget about this. It's nothing. Taxi Driver, a film by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, people do anything in front of a taxi driver. I mean, anything. People too cheap to, to rent a hotel room. Don't drive a hurry up, will you? People want to embarrass you. It's like you're not even there. It's like, you know, like a taxi driver doesn't even exist. This city here is like an open sewer, you know? It's full of filth and scum. I think I know what you mean, Travis. But it's not going to be easy. You guys get to be a secret service man. What? Well, I was just curious because I thought maybe I'd make a good one. What kind of guns you guys carry? 38s, 45s, 357 Magnums, something bigger maybe. 
Hi. I'd like to volunteer. Why? Why? Because I think that you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. The taxi driver is looking for a target. Getting ready. Getting organized. Preparing himself for the only moment in his life that will ever mean anything. How much for everything? 350 for the Magnum, 250 for the 38, one and a quarter for the 25, 150 for the 380. That taxi driver's been staring at us. You talking to me? You talking to me? I don't know who's weirder, you or me. <laughs> you talking to me? Who the hell else are you talking? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. I don't believe I've ever met anyone quite like you. Oh, yeah? You will never see a more chilling performance okay. than this. Robert De Niro in Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Jodie Foster. Albert Brooks. Harvey Keitel. Leonard Harris, Peter Boyle, Sybil Shepard, Taxi Driver. All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Boy, they sure can't make a trailer long back in the 70s. Good God. All you need is a guy to read every name of a person in the movie. You think that uh, trailers were the last thing to keep Roman numerals alive? I mean... What? I think that's it, Paul. It's just just what like in movies, about? like oh, that's right, the Super Bowl, and fucking like at the end of movies, they used to put like Roman numerals in, in instead of the date. They did. You mean instead of the year? Quite know. Yeah, yeah. For the copyright, is that what you're yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, for the yeah, copyright, yeah. they get like you know, it's like 15 letters, and you're like, all right, well, hold on a minute, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it must be important because it's a lot of letters. Yeah, yeah. I always see that on these old trailers. It's like you know, boom. They don't do that anymore. I did like uh, Percy Rodriguez's trailer VO. I think that was per- Percy Rodriguez. The guy that did the trailer VO is the same guy yeah, that did the, it's the last for house on the left and shit. Yeah, all of that. It's got that very. Jaws, yeah. Yeah. He's done a lot of trailers. Just keep telling yourself it's only a movie. <laughs> Uh, no, that, I don't think that was him. Is I that think not that him? I, I don't know. I <laughs> you hope got the it's same not. kind of delivery. You know, it's like, only a movie. It's, it's only a, a movie. <laughs> God, I fucking hate that trailer. <laughs> it's only a movie, Brian. It, that one gets in your head. Like, oh god, fucking. We haven't it. talked about how uh, how how crazy Harvey Keitel is as a pimp with his like super high pants with his wife beater on and his crazy long hair. I've never seen him look so young either. It's weird. Mm. He like does he's all really muscular. Young. Yeah, it's odd. Super, dude. He's jacked. His arms yeah. are like super stout, and he's shifting left and right. Yeah, like fucking slimy motherfuckers. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> I, I don't want no trouble. I thought it was great. I like you don't. You don't look cool. <laughs> or whatever he said. I liked his outfit. I liked most of the outfits in this actually. <laughs> his stupid fucking hat. The hats in this movie are fucking that ridiculous. Great. They're all great. <laughs> it's his pimp hat, man. It's his pimp hat with his long ass hair and his suspenders. Yeah, dude, his long hair, his long weird hair. Well, even the even the the guys when when they're uh, when all the taxi cab guys are getting together and telling their fucked up sex stories and shit, uh, and then uh, like the, then there's like these uh, other like uh, black guy pimps sitting over there and they're staring them down. They're all dressed to the fucking nines and they got the hats and the fucking sunglasses on and shit. And I'm like, yeah, man. 
I love how in those in those insert shots, like it's it's apparently just him looking at them. Like no one else at the table is like acknowledging these other patrons of this diner that they clearly go to all the time. Yeah. Well, again, he's not engaged in the conversation that's happening. He's not really friends with these people. He's just there. And so, yes, he is watching the other patrons because he's it's like he's. what did they i mean they kind of alluded to this in the trailer he's kind of looking he's kind of looking for a fight you know taxi driver is searching for a target (laughs) (laughs) he's just filling time you know he's moving to the next spot you know he's sitting there complaining about how much he hates the city and everyone in it and so it's like well who do i hate the most you know if i if i got if i have all my guns now who can i use this on what can i do in his head for good you know hmm yeah, he's crazy. He's always sitting around and, and like especially after he shot that first guy, the the guy in the uh, convenience oh store God. that he kills. Good uh, guy with the gun. It's inspired a lot of motherfuckers over the years. <laughs> hey man, he stopped that guy. Uh, anyways, like, but the, he, get, he now now that he's he's got his first blood. He sits around his house, you know, and he's like, he, you know, not only is he doing like his his, his quick draw, but he, he's always sitting around staring at the TV and just pulling the trigger on random people. And it's you know just like these people he's watching on on TV. Well, I liked when he finally did knock over the TV. It was like a wife who was could, had confessed that she was like having an affair or whatever, and that was enough for him to be like, "I don't need a TV anymore." <laughs> She's a wow, sinner. Wow, that is a good point. Yeah, yeah, I didn't connect that. I was just like, "Man, this dude is watching some total garbage in the, during the day while he's still just can't go to sleep." Mm. And what the fuck was he eating in that bowl? I think it was Isn't bread, 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 yeah. bread with Sugar, milk, milk, uh, milk, and, and uh, put, pe- um, peach, uh, peach schnapps. Yeah, I was gonna Is say he put alcohol in it. Yeah, yes, he put alcohol peach in schnapps. it. Could not read the label. All right, yeah, he, he, eats, he eats trash like the little prostitute girls does too. She like they. They, they have so sugar. much in common. She puts sugar on her fucking toast with jam. Yeah, with jam. Oh, so much too is disgusting. But that it, with that overly crusted bread. Just, you know. See, I didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to the audio commentary, and Paul Schrader was like, "Yeah, he's like she's, she's putting the the sugar on her her jam because you know she's a junkie." And I was like, "Oh shit! What? I didn't think I got that." She's okay. a junkie. What 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 does a junkie got to do with putting uh, sugar? Uh, on apparently, the she had had some conversations with other like prostitutes or something to get in the mindset of the role, and one of them was a junkie on something like crystal meth or something like that. And in order to do curb her cravings for the drugs this person put extra sugar on their toast and Jodie Foster being the extremely observant young person that she was decided that she incorporated that into her own character and so some people apparently read it as like oh look she's just a little kid she likes a lot of fucking sugar no no she was trying to intend to show that she could be a junkie because she did say a couple times she was like no I was high when I was getting in your thing well you're fucking 12 so you're high on something and that is crazy I wonder which scene they shot first, and because the two characters do similar things uh, with their eating styles, uh, I wonder which one they shot first, and then decided to to make the other do the other. Because hmm. if, if if you're saying that she that she that she stole that idea from an inspiration, but yeah, Kristen, they're they're exactly the same. <laughs> Both developmentally. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, well, he, well, he's constantly in in like kid mode you know i don't know definitely definitely not an adult (laughs) 
Yeah, he's not an adult. I mean, you can just listen to his his diary that he's writing. <laughs> his yeah. diary. So weird that he writes a diary. Is that, is, is that going to be end up being his manifesto? Yeah, he's going to sell it to the press for a hundred grand. You know, when he's a famous hero. I, I was wondering who's going to who's going to mail this letter with five hundred dollars to uh, Iris. Uh, so just because he leaves it, I don't know. Like like if you murder somebody, but you you go to their house and they've got stacks of mail, are you going to mail that for them? Well, I mean, theoretically, he put that in the mail before that, be that funny, day though? happened. <laughs> I thought he just left it out on the table, you know? Like, no, yeah. no. He finished it and set it on the table, and then the scene cuts, and, and the implication is that he was going to mail it. Oh, okay. Jared needed to see a stamp on it. Uh, I need, yeah, there bro, was a stamp yeah. on it. It oh, was on the top right. <laughs> I need to see him dropping it off at the mailbox. Yeah. You, know? we, like, you needed one insert where it goes in the mailbox and the thing, the door I need, closes. I need, I need him hitting all these beats, you know? The the personal with the stamp wasn't enough apparently, and then then he gets spoiled though he he actually like he goes to 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 commit it but he gets like seen because he walks through the crowd with a fucking massive maniacal grin on his face of course he's gonna do something like all this planning that you've My done God. but you think you're just gonna rush rush in in the middle of the crowd that was an interesting scene because like the first like four or five steps that he takes there's two or three people in front of him that at first glance to me seemed like they were clearing because he was walking behind them. And then it took me realizing like, Oh no, no, no. The whole thing is over. And these people are just deciding to disperse and leave on their own. It wasn't just because he was walking behind them, but like the first one or two people, like it was, it was a little bit weird. In the middle of that take, I saw a lot of people like staring down the barrel of the lens as it was going by. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that. Yeah. yeah. Fucking extras. God damn. I know. God they can't, they can't help extras. it, bro. You can't help it. Look somewhere else! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to set. You're allowed to look anywhere but where the camera is. But how will I know where the camera is if I don't look at it? It's, it's uh, hard. It's hard not to look at it, man. It's like a car <laughs> crash. It's like, holy shit, what is that? You know? They're not looking at the camera. They're looking at the person behind the camera. Fuck off! <laughs> Meanwhile, the camera's actually shooting a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk on-screen violence. Okay. Did you guys think... This movie was overtly violent. I mean, you have Martin Scorsese in the back of a cab (laughs) talking about blowing a woman's pussy off with a fucking gun. You ever seen what a forty-four could do to a woman? I know. Okay, but like now that we've had like Quentin Tarantino dialogue, that's like easily rivaled that. You know, is it disturbing violence based on other movies that have come out since then? Maybe not, but is this a violent movie? Absolutely, mm-hmm. in in dialogue mm-hmm. and in the final scene. You think I'm sick? You think I'm sick? Well, I know you don't have to answer. I'm paying for the ride. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> you think I'm sick? <laughs> I guess I, I don't know. I never. I I don't think it's any more violent. I guess than like The Godfather at the, the end of that movie where everybody's getting shot in the face, and I don't know. I, I read somewhere or saw something about the how they had to mute the colors in the final shooting scene. Yeah. And I wonder if that is why it doesn't really bother me to watch it. Interesting. Maybe it's just you're desensitized because you've seen way worse. I don't like watching even the John Wick movies. Those are well, they're not that gory, but like when they do get gory, like I hate gore. I, I hate a knife in the eyeball the was pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that was way worse than anything in this movie. <laughs> this should get like a hand blown off. But you know what? In in the middle of all this, a guy runs up to him and shoots him point blank. The guy that runs out of the that was in the bedroom and he runs down the hall and he he shoots. There's no way 
that a dude would have survived that. Wait, getting shot in the arm? That little snub nose? That, bro, that little snub nose would like blow a hole like all the way through him. Like I don't know. I guess it it doesn't bother me because everything's so consistent. Like Harvey Keitel gets shot in the street, you know, like in the gut. Yeah, and he's then, dead too. Yeah. It, well, not in that moment. He gets up and follows him and walks all the way yeah. to the end of the fucking block around the fucking corner because we we saw in their introduction scene how far away her place is from where he stands. Yeah. Right. Got in there and started firing back, and then Robert De Niro had to shoot him like two or three more times. Like, I, it's all kind of crazy and so surreal. I didn't get the the reaction there because he shoots him in the chest, right? Then he he just goes a couple like doors down and sits down on the stoop, and then he goes back to there, and the guy's crawled inside back inside there now. No, no, no. He he walks down the street, and that was the those couple doors down. That was the 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 place that he was walking into. No, no, no. They they show it uh, when he first like propositions her and buys her, and we meet Harvey Keitel. Yeah, yeah, and it was right, like yeah, it was it's it was down like the three way. little house things down. It was not yeah, around the corner. It's around the corner. It no, it wasn't. It no, was wasn't. right there. Yeah, it was right there. It's two shots. Uh, go back and watch it. There's two shots uh, on one street, and then you see them go around the corner and go into the other place. Yeah, I'm telling. Okay, you. well, the the sitting down before he walks in was him. Ha- he has arrived at the other place, and now he's sitting down to make sure no one has. Interesting. It felt like he got there almost think, really quickly. I think those yeah. were the same stairs. Maybe they were. I Well, he he stands up and walks into those same no, stairs that he. I, I think there's a and cut, walks, and then he goes. Yeah, he, he's walking a, straight. He's not walking uh, into okay, those stairs. Okay, 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 okay. That makes more sense then, because that's definitely how I read it. I, I had some geography today. issues there yeah. during that scene, trying to figure out exactly what's what's going on. Well, that the whole one or outside exterior night thing with Harvey Keitel, it's so fucking dark. It's hard to see, even on the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it, it to me it read that like like that the from the from the first shot where you're like looking into the headlights coming in and the sunset coming at the shot, like that felt very like clamped down, like it had been color graded very specifically. Um, obviously back then they didn't have color grading; they had color timing and but if 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 that this whole sequence starting at this shot had been uh saturation reduced then it, it makes sense that it kind of looked the way it did so i guess now we got to talk about do, do you guys know about john hinckley uh who, who again it's john hinckley i think he's it's john hinckley jr he, he was this guy that saw taxi driver and he became obsessed with jody foster started stalking her oh cool following her around way to go he was a big fan of this movie, and I guess he watched this movie enough times where he got the idea in his head that, you know, Jodie Foster doesn't see me. She doesn't return my poems or love letters that I give her. So I'm going to kill President Reagan, and then Jodie Foster will love me. What? Oh, sure. That's how it does works. That, does that work? If anyone listening, course, that's exactly how it oh, works. Okay. Yes. If Ronald Reagan is still alive, you kill him, and Jodie Foster will <laughs> love you. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, my God. But he's I've the, seen Contact. I know how it works. He's the guy that uh, <laughs> tried to assassinate uh, Reagan. Well, he actually shot him, but, uh, well, he didn't shoot him. He, I think he shot, shot the limo, him. and the, li- the bullet bounced off the limo and, and hit Reagan. It actually hit him. Yeah. Good shot. Wait, was Reagan in the limo? No, he was not. He was standing outside of the limo, walking to it. Oh so, he, like, his bulletproof so limo bounced yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh I know, right? I'm just trying to make sure I understood that whole... Love it. That I think that's sense. great. I mean, I mean, it sucks for Reagan, but I think that's pretty great. <laughs> the actor! Well, I think the 
most important question is, did it work? Did he get a date with Jodie Foster? He did not. But he is out of jail now. And he oh. has a YouTube channel, and you can go listen to all of his awesome, like, little folk country music songs. That no fucking way. I shit you not. What? That's right. The uh, man that attempted assassination on Ronald Reagan is making YouTube videos. Woo! What a world. He probably makes more money than all of us together, which is insane. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> still, still pining for Jodie Foster. I wonder if Jodie Foster writes to him now. It'd be really cool. I bet, I bet they meet up like once a year and have like dinner and shit. I bet they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I bet uh, Kristen's right. <laughs> they they listen to that one Jackson Brown song from this movie, uh, late 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 for the sky. Yeah, but it, it did uh, it did cause uh, Martin Scorsese to have a little bit of uh, I don't I don't know uh, questioning what what he was making, what he was putting on screen. He almost didn't want to be a filmmaker anymore. (laughs) Really? God damn. I mean, if you look, I'm trying to find his filmography here. But, I mean, the kind of movies he's making, like we have Taxi Driver, right? You have New York, New York, uh, Raging Bull, King of Comedy, Reagan's Shot. And then you have After Hours, Color of Money, Last Temptation of Christ. What is Reagan's Shot? (laughs) Reagan was shot and then he made those other movies. Oh, I thought you said he did a movie called Reagan Shot. And I was like, wait, wait, he did a movie after that happened? No, that Mean Streets was before all of these, so yeah. like there's Yeah, the dude has done some violent work. Yeah, but it it does change and he doesn't really get back into it until nineteen ninety, uh, with uh, Goodfellas. Mm. Came back hard. Don't talk about Jesus like that. Well but I think I think, you know, I think that another interesting point is that <laughs> Sorry, Christy. <laughs> this this movie, I mean, going to going on Scorsese and, you know, what is he doing and what is he putting out here? I mean, T- Travis uh, was based on a character who was stalking someone who worked for a political campaign. And he did, the guy, the original taxi driver, did try to uh, assassinate <laughs> her boss. Uh, for attention. And so uh, I think it's actually really interesting that this says that, you know, this is based on this one event. He makes the movie about it and then it happens again. I don't know. I mean, I think that that would make you question kind of what you're doing with your life. Wait, wait, hold up. Who was the basis for Taxi Driver? Yeah, I oh. thought this was a fictional story. Yeah, this is a total fictional story. That's not the what I heard at all. I've always heard Paul Schrader was like, uh, he divorced his wife, was living with a woman uh, that he left his wife for and she kicks him out he has nowhere to live um he gets an ulcer he's in the hospital and then he's staying in his ex-girlfriend's apartment for like fucking three weeks by himself and he starts writing this this fucking script and then it's on the headlines at the time um Uh it was uh the guy was arthur brimmer who shot george wallace who was running for president and he's arthur really i did not know about any of this I had to Google it very quickly during the break because you wouldn't give me any, any information. So this is how I know about it. See, look, see that that worked out well, man, Kristen. <laughs> uh, he wasn't killed. He was left um, partially paralyzed, and um, I, he did not become president. For anyone who is unfamiliar with American history, no, that's so strange. I mean. Uh... Uh, but uh, so yes, but he also kept a diary, and he was trying to sell it for a hundred grand, um, and it was eventually published. And he was also released from prison. I don't know if he has a YouTube channel. 
<laughs> I mean, of course he does. I mean, obviously. He probably does. He yeah. probably does. Probably does. <laughs> Let's look up. <laughs> I think he's got a like a, a company that designs these like arm like gun holster things that fling oh guns out into your hands and and you can fit them under like uh into your John Wick style jackets. He makes them out of cabinet drawers. <laughs> that was pretty badass. I, I I love that Batman moment where he's like you know doing his arsenal. Okay, I mean that was a that was a good moment, but also all I could think of was like man. How many of these motherfuckers are just sitting in their apartments doing nothing after Fuck they get yeah. off work and just trying to like find ways to? <sighs> if only we could harness this power for good. That's, that's what I was thinking. Like the whole time he's like getting in shape and like doing all this stuff. I was like, God, if you had like a good goal though, like yeah, this would yeah. be fantastic. This would be a great montage. All you yes. need to do is change the music underneath it. And, yeah, put a well, different thing at the end of it. He's trying to figure out the best type of tape to tape a, a knife to your boot. Right. So if I roll over, Boom. if I roll over, I can pull it out really quickly. You know? <laughs> but that, that shot where he's like hammering cuts into the lead of his bullets. Oh, shit, man. That's not how you do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that bullet could have exploded on him. Oh, fuck. There's a lot of things that you should not do. Yes, <laughs> like, thank wow. you. <laughs> Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> uh, but I did. The other thing that I really enjoyed about his transformation was how uh, his hair changes, his his clothing changes yeah. um, throughout the course of this until the very end where he's in his full military gear and he has the mohawk signaling that he is on a suicide mission. I thought it was really cool how they how they uh, led up to that point. Yeah, that was a really great reveal, too. Like they have that that sort of medium close up shot. That kind of dollies over and watches him pulling pills out. And then that, that quick boom up to his shot where it's just like, oh, fuck, there he is. While well, he's taking pills, clearly about to fucking kill somebody. But, but it's a, I it's thought, a great reveal. It's, it but, I, I thought it was so it is. It's a wonderful reveal. And I, I think I think it's so interesting that he uh, unveils his whole suicide mission when he goes to try to kill who is it, the, the senator Palantine. Um, yeah. And then he lives and he's like, well, shit, I guess I need to kill somebody else now. You know, like he's like so convinced that he does not have anything to live for and to kind of to that point that you said earlier brian like why wouldn't you just kill yourself at this point if you have nothing to live for why do you have to go kill other people <laughs> first because uh, he does try to kill himself he runs out of bullets and then he's like well shit i guess i'm here you know like what do you like you don't have to do well, that yeah, no that was that was a big moment in that whole final shootout scene that that close-up where his dripping blood hand he puts his fingers to his head and like thumb pulls his trigger with like the cops like please fucking kill me like he's yeah. begging them like he wants to die. i'm trying to do it i need you to do it for me yeah i always had a little bit of a problem with that because he's still got the gun attached to his uh, fucking hand and if he wanted to fucking get death by you know suicide by cop all he has to do is take his other hand and just fucking point it at the cops i'm pretty sure they'd fucking shoot him the gun's goddamn oh, he's not black enough hand. brian sorry yeah he's he's a white man so that's not gonna work Think if you're pointing a loaded weapon at an officer, I don't loaded, think it, it's matters. It's definitely doesn't matter. Loaded. They would. They know. would know. How would they know? They just walked in the room. <laughs> you see all those bodies on the goddamn floor. You go check. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Do you have any bullets in that gun that you're pointing at my face? <laughs> no. What? What are we talking about? Those motherfuckers are ready to like. They're coming in with guns trained on that fucker. 
I do think it is a beautiful scene where he is, yes, covered in blood and he sticks the hand, you know, his finger up to it. You know, he does the, the gun drip. trigger. Oh, my God. It, it looks really cool. It's so grotesque. It does look really cool. But it looks really cool. Meanwhile, Jodie Foster's like screaming, right? Yeah, two she's, feet right. Away. <laughs> she's cowering in the corner. Uh, like, this is a core moment, like a core memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dick Smith did a great job on the makeup. Uh, I, I super love the uh, hair piece that Robert De Niro is wearing. I did not know yeah, that yeah. that was a hair piece a forever. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's the stuff along the side where you see like his hair like regrowing in that really sells it. Yeah, yeah it's fucking it. killer. It's one of the best ones I've ever seen. I guess we didn't talk anything about Albert Brooks. I fucking love him in this movie, man. He's fantastic. Good hair. It's that. Albert Brooks is that the, was the guy who's in, who, the guy who's in oh, love yeah. with uh, yeah. Betsy. Uh, Aren't the, they all? Yeah, they they are all. You know, he's the one shouting at the person who gave him the wrong buttons. The we is underlined. We are the people. I think that's different than we are the people. <laughs> well, we are not going to pay you for it. How about that? <laughs> and and the buttons are going to go with the trash. <laughs> he's great. Who was it that said that they didn't like Jodie Foster and like that some of the stuff that because I was going to say, like, I think everyone did an outstanding job. But then one of you said that Jodie Foster did not was not outstanding. What are you talking about? Civil Shepherd? No. One of you said Jodie Foster delivered most of her lines. Well, <laughs> it's OK. We'll go back and listen to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who said that. It was, one of, it was one of those two. Opinions have changed throughout oh, okay. the last 45 oh, okay. minutes. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I think every, I thought, I thought, what, you don't, what? I was going to say, you know, the script was only written in 10 days. What do you want? You know, she's a little Wait, was kid. was it really? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it's a 10-day written script. She's a little kid. What do you want here? Come on. That's kind of impressive, actually, because I, I don't hate the script. I mean, I know there's like a lot of. A lot of improv going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought it, I think it's a good script, and I think everyone does really, really well with it. Even all of the little side characters, which almost everyone is in this because he has no friends, they're all fantastic. They're all characters, and when they're on the screen, you're like captivated by them. Yeah, I, th- I think the senator and the uh, his Secret Service <laughs> agent are fucking great. They're just they capture that politician uptightness. Yeah. kissing is perfect the, but the fake charisma too you know yeah the oh yeah i'm so interested to hear what you think thank you for sharing <laughs> that and that's this movie is why politicians don't take private cars everywhere and they cannot take taxis <laughs> actually that probably is yeah. because of all of the inspired shootings i do love the uh the repeat <laughs> in the edit when he's uh i guess he's writing his manifesto <laughs> But he's like, listen up, shitheads. Here's a man. Oh, shit. Then, uh, no, listen up, shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> the shot restarts and everything. That's an interesting <laughs> that's an interesting edit right there. And then also, yeah. there's another time they do an interesting edit when he's leaving this taxi cab uh, in the garage and he puts his jacket on and he leaves and he's walking on the side of the street and then it cuts and now he's dressed in his, you know, and it's got this kind of like slight marching to the music like he's on a mission. You know, he's going to he's going to go meet Betsy, you know. Yeah, they do a lot of really cool like editing and even like the camera stuff like uh, all of it, I think, is like tension building that I think uh, all of it's tension building. I don't know. I guess some of it's debatable, but like e- even when he goes and um, he's bringing in his, his taxi for the first time and we're following it in, he's getting ready to park it. And instead of following 
the uh, the taxi they cab with the camera. They let him leave the frame. Yeah, they yeah. let him leave, and then it goes the opposite direction. And he's walking actually. He, he's in the in. frame, and he's, he's. It's weird. Now, uh, maybe, maybe I'm thinking about a different. But like when he's walking out through the garage that first time, he he walks out into the frame. Oh, and then yeah, that's we, a different we spot. Pan yeah, we pan through the actual garage and we see all the cars like smoking and all that, and we pick back up with him. He's walked around behind the camera now, and he, he pops back in the frame, and then we track him out. And I was like, "Oh, that's so fucking cool!" Like you know, just a, w- neat little ways to like do blocking and then like you know w- with the camera and the actor. It's really really cool. Yeah, it's like all these I don't know all these all of them are tension building. But like even when he's on the he's on the phone and he's like talking to Betsy, and he's like, "Hey, did you get the flowers?" Oh, uh, he's being super the cringy. Fucking yeah, classic dude. moment, uh. dude. It's so cringy. Holy shit! But the, and the camera just goes out into the fucking hallway, and it's just like, oh, what, "What's happening in the hallway?" <laughs> We're done with you. We're, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you don't realize yeah. that until he like he just he, then he leaves, and you watch him walk out, down the hall, and it's like, "Wait, that that's it? There's nobody coming in the hallway? There's no confrontation? There's nothing? No, not yet." Not yet. We're still building. We just we can't we can't sit there and look at him. Even even we as the camera. Again, really, just, really great. The disconnection yeah. there with, but with even just you and like you as the viewer with him, you cannot really connect with this guy. And I think it's it is tension building because you don't know what he's going to do because he's clearly unhinged. He clearly has a lot of mental issues and he's trying to be normal. He's trying to live a good life. He's trying to do the right thing, but he can't. And so mm. as you see him not doing the right thing, everything is is just very unsettling about him. I mean, even when he approaches Betsy and they have what seems to be a normal conversation, it's not. And that also puts you on edge and you're just like, why is she even talking to this guy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're just sitting there and you're just like waiting for something to go wrong. Yeah. Like they're already eating. Like what's, what's he, he's having pie with cheese on it with, with yellow cheese. Have you guys ever had that? I have not, but that's a thing. That is a thing. Please don't, don't, don't go down the cheese, fucking. No, no. <laughs> Be here if all you're night. Che- if you're gonna the have movie cheese, movie crew cannot your, survive your, another cheese. If you're gonna have cheese on your fucking debate. apple pie. It's gotta be American cheese. <laughs> uh, he asked for cheddar he, cheese. Oh, he said you. yellow cheese is what he said. <laughs> he said he, cheese. It, cheese. It's, it's obviously cheddar. He, is he said yellow. He said yellow. It's, it's it's cheddar cheese on an, on apple pie. He said yellow. Clearly. I wrote it down. <laughs> and then I all right, it. I don't know about all of this, <laughs> but but people do put cheese on pie, and I have never had it, they but do. I have heard that American cheese on apple pie is great. I mean, I don't it's know. The shit, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I'll do it one day. You should try it. Let us know. Yeah, it's good. So <laughs> you don't, you guys, yeah. don't, you don't put cheese on apple pie ever. You've never had that. No, I put, no. um, I have put Gruyere in apple pie, and it's really Ooh. good. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, cheese up your pie every now and again. Just every now and then, not every time. No, no, not, not every, every time. You know, no, no. You know, like you, you, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna do uh, an apple pie a la mode, and then you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, fuck ice cream. Yeah, let's try the cheese out today. Put a craft single on there. Yeah. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, earlier we were talking about like uh, building moments, and I just remembered this one um, when he goes in and, and he shoots and he's like capping everybody. There's this like little edit thing that they do when it's just like all the hallways of the brothel oh yeah and it's like the sound of the gunshots traveling yeah that very first time you see it shoot and then it leads up to her door who else in here is gonna hear this fucking gunshot amazing yeah yeah it's it's uh it's very similar uh i guess it's kind of 
a, an audio repeat from uh, when he's in the shooting range. All oh, right, mm. pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Okay. They, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not the first like one, the, the second one. Right. I, I like the second one when they do there, where, where, where he's actually a super badass at it. At by this point, you know, he's 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 going regularly, and in the way that they kind of window that frame, they kind of put him in in like this like weird little window at the top of the frame. Really, 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 really cool. Yeah, because in the first one when he's uh, he's doing the close up, he's he's blinking every time he's shooting, which I, I always yeah. love oh, that yeah. detail. Oh yeah, you know, and, and then by the, the end of it, he's like, I ain't fucking blinking now. <laughs> it's it's such a cool like little thing. That is yeah, a yeah. really good point. I noticed the blinking the first time. I was like, oh, look at this guy who's never shot a gun before. Clearly, <laughs> well, so that doesn't make any sense because if he's been through the military and he's wearing his jacket, he's got his name you on. You know, it and all it's that. been a while, man. I don't know. Maybe they had different that, that guns his... in the military. Well, they had rifles. Maybe oh, yeah. he had never Surely fired his gun in the military. Yeah. yeah, maybe he like flew an airplane or something. <laughs> but he was shooting you, with you a forty-four. You've got to go through basic. All right, it's the most yeah. powerful handgun oh. in the world. I kill elephants with those. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this motherfucker paid a thousand dollars for four guns. Like that's a good deal. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Goodness. Well, how much? What does that convert to? A thousand dollars in nineteen seventies. I mean, if if thirty five dollars is two hundred, then a thousand dollars is probably <laughs> like ten grand ish. I don't know. It would be five thousand three hundred and thirty one dollars and fifty one cents. Goodness, that's a lot of money that he just gets like from working the night shift with hookers. Come on, he doesn't have anywhere else to spend he, it. He, he doesn't spend his money. He just kind of like you know. He lives in a shithole. Clearly, clearly, he he eats bread and schnapps for breakfast. <laughs> I assume this is because he's poor, <laughs> not for, because for your bones. not yeah, you know, yeah. it's not, because, not because he's a tight one yeah. trying to spend all his money on guns. <laughs> he's like, let me just keep my five grand from last week in the in my shoebox, yeah. and I will go spend a dollar for no, but, bread and shop. I mean, he he says early in the movie he makes about three hundred dollars a week and three twenty three fifty if some of those things aren't on the the whatever. It take him a while to save up that five grand. Oh well, that's it's no. five grand. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, that's what I'm saying. If he's spending like fifty dollars a week on on like room and board, and he's making three hundred a week, yeah, I don't know. That's like two or three hundred, two three months worth of work to save up that much. He he can't be spending that much on that fucking shithole apartment. Well, how much do the porn cinemas cost? Because he goes there frequently. Well, he spent I he think, spent I think two dollars just on concessions. So wow. the movie itself was probably fifty cents or a dollar at the most. I love that guy's like, hey man, can you break a nickel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do hate that I'm shot in the, in the porn theater where the fucking porno is blurred out. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, it's just like you can see kind of what's going on, but like, yeah, man, uh, let's get it. Why didn't you? Yeah, why didn't you just shoot like something with some actors and put that on the screen and just not get to a part where like you know penetration happens, or if it does, like just fucking cheat it like you do in a normal movie. Yeah, do it like they did in American Werewolf in London. Just put up some bullshit, man. Come on. It, it irritates me. It, this movie is so flawless. That is the one thing. Every time I see it, I'm just like, uh, it just totally oh, yeah, takes terrible. me out of the yeah. movie. You know? It, th- okay. The yeah, atmosphere no, is so good. And then that, yep. it's just like, yep. oh, okay, well, yeah. I was confused at that moment. I was like, wait, what are we looking at right now? I'm s- I don't understand. It's just cut that wide shot out. Like, I don't need to see him walk in. Like, fuck. Just show him sitting there. No, like I said, I think that, that lends to, like, the fucked upness about it. It's like you got to walk past all these people to go find your little seat while they're all staring at you. Well, then show me a close-up of him walking past all these fucking people then. I mean, like, goddamn, we have all these long angle <laughs> shots of him walking on this fucking street. Give me that shot. Don't give me this fucking shit with a fucking blurred out fucking theater screen. It looks like dog crap. It looks like a fucking, 
clip uploaded on YouTube and somebody didn't have a copyright for it. They're like, oh, just blurt out the TV. I think Scorsese needs to fucking George Lucas this shit and come back and put his favorite porn in there. Yeah, like, damn straight he does. Something, something modern, though. Make it really weird. Like, oh, Girls like, Gone oh, Wild, yeah. 1997. George Lucas's ex-wife cut the movie, so sure. Oh, wow. That's right, editor of Star she Wars. She said, Spring Break. Cut this. She cut Star Wars after this? Damn. Marsha Lucas, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was in her... I forget how many uh, Scorsese films she did. I think she did one more after this. And then uh, that's when... Um, Scorsese met Thelma. Movie-making legendary magic began. Well, they already had um, movie-making legendary magic with Bernard Herrmann, which we talk about, like, the bad audio in this, but the, the score is absolutely really, really, really amazing. And, and catchy. I love that little theme. Mm. With the, kind of, it's kind of, kind of New York-y, you know? Like, like it's, it's a very jazz New York vibe. Almost sounds like porno music now. You know what I mean? Or maybe okay. it's just all yeah. the porno. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, like 70s porno. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I, get the ja- I get the jazzy. I did not immediately think porn. I think jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's how, I, that's how I'm thinking when I see the taxi driver. But then later in the movie, I'm like, hmm, yeah, that's that girl's sexy theme. <laughs> no, it, it also opens on that, though, with him like looking at all the, the debauchery of New York. You know, it has that with yeah. him. So that's just kind of his general theme. It's his like melancholy mode of driving through the city. Like it's cool, but it's not, you know. Yeah, it's not played consistently. I wouldn't really call it to be serious. I wouldn't call it anybody's theme because it's played over everything. It's everything. The New York theme. It's the the theme for the city. I mean, I guess it is a nice juxtaposition though, because it is really pretty music, and what you're looking at in screen is fucking just dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so it's dirty. Also pretty. Yeah. It's- Juxtaposition is a good word for it because when I first watched this movie, I was like severely thrown off by the soundtrack. I was like, what the fuck is this music? It's so pretty. It's jazzy. Like none of it matches what's going on on screen. Like music is supposed to make me feel something that is happening in the scene. And the music is mostly like not all of it, obviously, but most of like the, the, the jazzy saxophone stuff. I was like, this is kind of happy. And this dude's clearly not happy. What the fuck is going on? This this music is terrible. It's it's driving his hopefulness in the scenes. Yeah, know? like like it's it's his it's his it's kind of pushing him there. I think he's hopeful. I think he is. Yeah, in in his weird fucked up way. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's an interesting way to, to think about it. I feel like the music in those scenes is more trying to imply that maybe he could be hopeful or we should be hopeful for him. I think yeah, we could be hopeful for him because I think. When you hear the music and you think of New York, you think of the bright lights and the big city, and this is like a nice, wonderful, romantic place. And then you see, you see what's actually happening, and you're like, yeah. "Oh God!" But but also, it's still it's still New York, it's still Times Square, and you're like, "Well, hold on though, maybe I do want to be there anyway, <laughs> even though <laughs> even though all of this is happening and people are puking in the street, you know, like maybe maybe this is cool." And so I think that is what the music is doing is it's kind of setting the tone of like this is the place to be this is where maybe not in the, i don't know but, but maybe not in the 70s but like this is like a cool like this is the happening part of of this is where things happen right mm. uh but what is happening like let's actually look at this but again you have all of the lights you have all of the you know it's it, it you i think it's meant to throw you off and I think the music does that because the music doesn't match at all. This score is so old that like we've become familiar with this as a concept now. But 
to me watching it 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 feels like very juxtaposed very not what you would expect very not filmic score like this is this is not anything john williams would ever do kind of thing you know what i'm saying like it is a very melancholy lonely sort of score but it's it i don't know maybe with a, a more viewings it would feel more suitable but when I'm trying to remember the history of New York, like when was it like on fire and like they were burning shit down in the streets? Was that in the 70s or the 80s? <laughs> Cause I mean, while this place. movie was being shot, there was <laughs> there was literally garbage strikes that were happening. And that's why all the shots, there's so much trash on the streets is because the garbage like disposal people were striking. So that was literally happening while they were filming this. On the call sheets, it said free production design week. amazing you think that all those people in the streets were were those just like random people they didn't have to get like i have uh, wondered that so many times yeah because a lot of the stuff you're seeing so deep and i'm like there's no way they got all these like releases for all these things no yeah they didn't but all the people that are like um like like the hookers that are on the side of the street, those are all actors. But there's so much like second unit b-roll in this shit though that like where they're just Pointing the camera at fucking New York City while they're driving past, like how? how- well, I, I have, I have been on shoots in New York where, yeah, they do bring in hundreds of extras just to walk around in the background. Wow. I don't know if that's what they did here, but I, that no does way. happen. This movie was less than two million dollars in total budget. Yeah, what was There's the budget? No way they did that. I didn't say they like paid all of them <laughs> and dressed all of them. I just said that they they might be they might they might be part of the production. <laughs> the budget's uh, kind of disputed. Uh, Wikipedia and a couple online sources say it's one point nine million, but the producer Martin Scorsese on uh, the Laserdisc the audio commentary and some of the behind the scenes repeatedly say one point three. So I don't know if that was like after music rights and I don't even remember. There weren't any needle drops. Were there needle drops in this? Yeah. There was that um, Jackson Brown song. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And then there was another song before that. And did they play the Chris Christopherson song? No, they didn't. No. It's okay. Yeah. All right. So they have those two. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why the the budget. I can't imagine why it would go up that much. But they only had uh, $200,000 uh, to pay actors. Jesus. But it was a huge hit. It made $27.3 million uh, in the United States and Canada. Do not have figures for the worldwide gross. Anybody have anything else? Nope. All right. I feel like we're at ratings. Who's going first? Who's rating Taxi Driver from 1976? Who's going? Who's going? Who's doing it? Come on, guys. I went fucking first like the last fucking three times. All right. Come all right, on. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to go first just to... Just to- let it be like a ramp into people who think this movie is amazing. Um, <laughs> no, this movie's really good. Like, uh, it is, it is. Fuck, I'm gonna. All right, you're gonna listen to me talk myself into thinking that this is a good movie. This is an extremely well crafted movie. I will, I will give it that. Um, I, I, I have seen people whose film opinions and film creativity output. I admire talk about this movie for years uh, and how it's inspirational and how it's like really great and how there's lots of great things about it. And I go into this movie with a bias thinking, well, if this movie is so great, then I should try and watch it and appreciate how great it is. Um, I don't actually. All right. Here's my controversial opinion. I don't actually like this movie. 
that being said, I don't have to like a movie for it to be good, and I don't have to like a movie to think it's a well-made film. This is extremely well-crafted. Um, for how low the budget is, for how deep and introspective and complex these characters are, and, and what the camera is doing, and the way the blocking works, and all the things that go into making a fucking movie um, thoughtful and sit with you after you leave the theater and make you feel things. This is a fucking great movie. Uh, I don't enjoy watching it. I don't want to watch this every year for the rest of my life. Uh, I've seen it twice. I might watch it a third time at some point in my life. How do I rate a movie that I don't like that is actually extremely well-crafted? I'm going to call this a nine. They made absolutely fucking great use of New York as a backdrop, as a character, as as a, a set, as a tone. I really love where they put the camera in this movie. I love of all the shots of of the the rainy wet streets and the all the the cool neon lights and every time we we go up above a character and we're looking down at them like the god shots and the crane shots like we're looking down on these people who are feeling small and don't know how to feel about themselves like there's really really interesting ways to interpret through the care through the camera work what these characters are feeling and who they are i think the casting is extremely well done i don't love some of sybil shepherd's moments but i think she's well cast i don't love some of of um jodie foster's deliveries but she works for the character um robert de niro is a fucking genius and he's proven that time and time again most of my issues with him are just me not relating to the character and that's my movie going bias i want to relate to the main protagonist characters because that's the way my brain works when i sit down to watch a movie i want to be like wait who's this movie what what who what is this movie who is this movie about i want to relate to them um and this movie does not want you to relate to its protagonist and that's a really interesting approach to a, to a character oh, fuck the more i talk about it the more it's just a, it's this is an extremely well done movie. I can't call it a nine when it's executed so well. The movie is a ten. I just really don't like it. You got there. I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> it's, you're supposed to feel feels. You know that, that that's the point of that's the point of movies, man. This movie is like a fucking time capsule of, of of like you know of that era of the dirty fucking New York. This is very relevant to today. Yeah, yeah, in ways that I don't appreciate. Right. Yeah. Or wish that we're not the, that way. I guess. Yeah. But no, man, uh, I really like this movie. Uh, it, it challenges you. It makes you think. It also shows you that you don't have to have perfect camera work to be compelling. Like, like they, they try to pull off a lot of these moves, and the, and the camera's shaky. Shaky as fuck. Every dolly shot. My God. All the, all the dolly, and they do all these crazy, like, dolly, like... Um, dolly on a riser on uh, like uh, with with like a booming up shot and you can feel the camera like wobbling back and forth it makes and, me feel really good about some of my camera work <laughs> i know but it but also it shows you know i mean was this low budget or or you know like you know you can also say that they're doing this just to set tone like you know when when he's going walking into the into up the stairs to the brothel they do this like really weird like boom up dolly shot but it's like wiggling but it's also super fucked up like you know moment you know so it kind of adds to the to the fucked upness of, of it this movie's all tone it's just it's just it's just it's just building this like uncomfortable feeling in you the whole time while you're following this crazy fuck and throughout his day even though he has like little glimmers of good in him just overall this like cycle that perpetuates in his fucked up world 
really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I, I really hate that it was lost on me years ago when I saw an original print. I hate that I didn't appreciate it then, but I really do get it now. Uh, this movie's definitely a 10. It makes me want to see more, more Scorsese films. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the next one. The next what? The next Scorsese film or the next? Yeah. When it, oh. Taxi Driver uh, well, 2. Uh, Taxi Driver <laughs> Part 2. Yeah. Uh, you guys are joking, Joker. but you know they did actually try to make that, right? With with no, De Niro, uh, yeah, with De Niro, like they bring they bring back Travis. They were, they were yeah, uh, Paul Schrader, uh, Martin Scorsese, and Robert De Niro were talking about doing uh, Taxi Drive. Like it was like, it was like less than ten years ago, they were talking about this shit. Oh, it's like Heat too. Yeah, let's do no, that. No, no, that was a book. Uh, it's more like Beetlejuice too, which is currently shooting right now. Yeah, insane. Yeah, right. What world do we live in? All right. Hashtag not good ideas that could still no, make no, money. no. I'm saying like. We, we, we haven't done a lot of Scorsese movies, and I'm interested to, to jump into more of him later. All right, Kristen, you want to go next? You want to go last? Yeah, I can go next. Um, I mean, this is a good movie, and this is everything. I, I, I know you guys like to point out that the camera is shaky, and you can't hear the sound, and you can't hear the dialogue, you know, and, and there's a lot of issues there, but I think it all works. I think it. I don't know that it's not on purpose, but I think you could interpret it like if someone lied, you would be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. If someone lied and was like, yeah, we did all of that on purpose, you would be like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Like it oh, works. It all, yeah, yeah, it, it all works. Um, this is a brilliant portrayal of, you know, the lack of mental health. Um, the problem with loneliness and um, basically just a disconnection uh, from our neighbors what happens when you put people in isolation and how they can't thrive in any way and what the ramifications of that are for society and the fact that this is you know, this this has happened in real life isn't actually very shocking, but it should be. And I think that is what may, what is very disturbing about this movie is that, yes, there are people who look at this and take inspiration from this and who identify with this. And I guess I'm just lucky that I'm not one of those people. And normally I do not care for movies that do not have any sort of hope in them. And I don't know that this movie has much hope in it. It's very bleak and it ends on a very bleak note. Even the so-called happy ending is very disturbing. Uh, however, when I get done with this movie, I am so grateful for my entire life and everyone in it. And that I feel like that is creates enough enough hope for me that I can enjoy this movie. Um, I, I don't leave this movie feeling icky. I leave this movie feeling relieved. I guess that's just lucky for me because God, imagine leaving this movie and being like, yeah, that's my life and it sucks. You know, like how horrible, how horrible. And if anything, this movie is what, 50 years ish almost 50 years old and it's still very relevant you could still make this today this is still a problem in society i think it is a brilliant study into the minds of people like this and i don't think yeah we already talked about this i don't think they're evil they just need a lot of help <laughs> or even some help 
Um, and really what they need is a, a, some sort of friend and not a little friend like them. They need like a real friend, not like, a, you know, again, don't, don't join little isolation gangs. Oh my God. Oh, but the whole time I was watching this, I was like, this is the original incel. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, so. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think I there's a lot of very interesting stuff here. I think this is beautifully done. Everything is wonderful. I want to rate it lower because, yeah, I don't want to sit and watch this all the time either. I kind of put this off. I did not want to watch it. But I how how can I? It's a it's a 10. It's a brilliant movie. Wow. All right. It's all 10 so far. Um, I guess except for Mike's first nine five. I mean, it, it still counts as a 10. I, I, it talked him back up. It's okay. No, I, I talked myself into I it. I get it, Mike, because I, like, if I, if I really accounted for how, like, much I wanted to watch this movie, I would rank it. I was, I would rank yeah. it a little bit lower. Um, yeah. But that being said, when I do watch it, like, it is, like, it's, it's just brilliant, you know, like. It is. No, and that's the undeniable part of right. this, this, this film. Like, you might not enjoy watching it, but fuck, everything about it is extremely good yeah god damn it you guys are saying that uh i'm gonna get, go ahead and uh just break off a little bit here and uh i'm giving this movie a nine guys i don't think it's scorsese's best movie i know we shouldn't compare it to other movies i don't think it has the feel and the polish of something as low budget as a texas chainsaw massacre movie the first one that is the sound does bother me bernard herman's score is so fucking good when we hear uh, Man, it's it's really the Blu-ray. I never really noticed it on the VHS, never noticed it on TV. Definitely didn't notice it on DVD, but the minute I got the Blu-ray, Travis's fucking VO lines, you can hear the room tone in his fucking lines. It drives me crazy. You can hear the crackle, the pop. It takes me out of the movie. I fucking hate that porn theater, man. I, the porn theater shot just takes me out of the movie. Everything is so good, and those... Those touches remind me that I'm watching a movie and actually stop me from getting sucked in. And they're technical hang-ups, and it, it sucks. And I feel really bad for Scorsese and Robert De Niro and everybody, you know, Paul Schrader, everybody that made this movie. I feel, I feel terrible for them. That uh, these couple of things just fucking destroy the flow of this movie and it, it it's not on a first watch it's on the second watch it's on the third watch and by the time I get to my fucking tenth watch it drives me fucking crazy it shouldn't um, but you know I don't know Scorsese if you want to go back and you know give us a special edition of Ta Taxi Driver and George Lucas this motherfucker up we can totally <laughs> fix the sound and also maybe possibly fix that porno shot that would that would be great. I would love that. <laughs> I would be down on board for this this special effects. 50th anniversary. Yeah, right. Let's Come make on, it happen. let's do it. Outside of that, you know, yeah, everything is great. Um, as far as the violence goes, when people were talking about the violence um, in this movie at the time, even now, I just I don't understand the conversation. I would much rather have this in cinema versus or fucking Marvel movies, or fucking even Indiana Jones, okay? Like, violence should be upsetting, all right? It's, it shouldn't be, it should not be something point. that we go, yay, this is, ex uh, this is exciting. A violent act, when you see it in real life in public, you're not like, oh, fuck, that looks fun, I want to do that. No, that's not what yeah. you say, come on. Uh, and these Marvel films, I mean, look, I love action movies uh, of the 80s, but... 
I mean, come on. You know, violence should be upsetting and gory, and if it's not, then you're fucking making a gun commercial. God damn, Brian. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm, a, I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, th- those two things really take me out of the movie, and and I, and I hate that too because Bernard Herman, his score is so fucking good. It's his last fucking score. Motherfucker started scoring movies with Citizen Kane, ended with Taxi Driver. Perfect. And then the fucking VO comes in, and Robert De Niro. I wish the. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the rain would wash away the God damn it. I heard the same thing and I was like, wait, hold yeah. on. Was this there the first time I watched it? I'm so confused. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the soundtrack. Maybe maybe it's the 5.1. <laughs> when they took it from mono to 5.1, yeah. maybe that fucked it up. Yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but did you all's Blu-rays? Did you guys have the original mono? Mine didn't have that. It just had the 5.1 and then a stereo option. That was I it. didn't look for that. I only had 5.1. I don't know. I watched it on streaming and it wasn't, I didn't notice any of that. Go back and watch it again. Okay. Now, now, now that it's in your head and you can like look for, <laughs> listen for it. Put headphones on and really listen. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> <sighs> a must-see film for movie lovers. This Martin Scorsese masterpiece is, a hard, is as hard-hitting as it is compelling with Robert De Niro at his best. Rotten Tomatoes brings in Taxi Driver as fresh with a 96% tomato meter with an audience score of 93%. Wow. It's number, like, what? One, 117 on IMDb. Right in between Die Hard and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Those are two weird movies to be sandwiched in between. <laughs> Apparently those are great gun commercials, which I love. Hey, I love gun commercials too, bro, but, you know. We just had a whole month of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not good violence. I mean, like people—if people want to complain about violence, you should be complaining about that. It makes violence into a cartoon. It makes it look cool. Like, oh yeah, I want to be John Wick. I want to go out and shoot motherfuckers in the head. That looks fucking awesome. You see that guy? At least the violence in this movie—it's like, no, I don't want to ever do that. That looks fucking terrible. No, it no. <laughs> looks fucking scary. No. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? The audience can follow me on Instagram at checkthegate or on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Griggs, where can they follow you? I'm on Instagram at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. Hey, Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, I don't know. All right. All right. We're, we're going to close out the show with track number one. Main title from Taxi Driver from composer Bernard Herman. <laughs>